Welcome to the Rugby Bits podcast and today is the day we are previewing the Rugby World Cup final. We have both teams out. We know the 223s they'll be representing South Africa and New Zealand. There's excitement in the air. Sean is doing his World Cup countdown. Jared is pondering whether to continue on 1,490 whatever or to start at one if the box win. Like it's all going on right now. We even have Jonathan Dante in the podcast today as well. Like we've got a full house. That's how you know that this is a serious thing. We've got Jared, we've got Sean, we've got Cooks today. Um, yeah, let's maybe just check in on Jared. Are you are you surviving? I mean, I'm sure you're doing a lot of work for Planet Rugby at the moment and you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see the light at the end of the tunnel. I was telling Sean, um, I've, I haven't been on the podcast since I think the quarterfinal, before the quarterfinal. So I, I've got two weeks of uh, like built up stress that I still haven't been able to unpack properly. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I'm glad that we've got the battering ram on uh, on the podcast. Uh, can hand out a bit of shit. Um, yeah, during the day he works for Super Sports and Post Killer instagram uh videos and that kind of thing and at nazis winning champions cups and getting knocked out of the quarterfinals by south africa <laughs> musia how are you doing you've been you're telling us that you were, you've been working in 23 world cups or something like that this year yeah six world cups in the last 12 months but it's been hectic i mean obviously i've had to go back to training this week i mean raj didn't give us much time off after the world cup so um <laughs> yeah it's just getting back in the swing of things you know the guys from good i saw dylan late and raymond rule yeah, I mean, obviously, like, you know, I know, I know we're not out of the World Cup, you know, but unfortunately, um, as French guys, we've got, to, we've got to continue. to We've got the top 14, which ends um, next year, December. I mean, obviously, we've got about 94 games coming up. So, yeah, so we've got to keep we've got to keep going, you know. And um, so, um, yeah, so and but my my day job, my, so I fly back down to South Africa so I can be, for, be, be there for the box. So I'm, I'm sure Raj will give me a weekend off. Other <laughs> than I just... Question, question there. How, how's I see <laughs> Roger is again catching strays from tier two rugby, um, or it's been recycled again. <laughs> yeah, it's um, the fourth year what's, anniversary. <laughs> yeah, what's what's been the feedback from from the head honcho at La Rochelle about that? No, he's, he's been in a good mood because Sexton didn't win the World Cup, so we sort of got time <laughs> when when Ireland got knocked out. So he's been in a good mood. So not even tier two can bring him down because he knows him and Sexton are both operating at a quarterfinal level. <laughs> so let's talk about the real business of this weekend. Um, what do you think we'll see from Sasha Mgomazulu this weekend? Listen, <laughs> to get your URC started with a grabber through and then a touch from knee to knee and then on the foot into your hand to go score a try is not impossible to beat. But oh. the best thing about like youngsters and when they go out and they're in they're in like form and they're confident is you know they're going to better it so everyone needs to watch the stormers this weekend sasha feinberg and gomazulu is going to rip it up again i think there's tries and i don't know what he's going to do like like a backflip into into a try not after a try like uh like brady like it's going to be the backflip into the try scoring under the poles or is he going to try and catapult himself over the crossbar to score <laughs> i don't know but it's happening Okay, let's start with the preview of this Rugby World Cup. Let's start with the Springbok team. Five changes made to the 23. Um, the major changes, and I'll start with you, Jared, is the change in halfback. So uh, Fafta Clark and Andre Pollard have come into the team. Uh, both Gormis Reynach and uh, Mani Lebok um, have been dropped out of the 23 with the box opting for a 7-1 bench. 
Um, Jed, I kind of, I mean, you weren't here for Wednesday, uh, for the Monday pod. I mean, we talked about maybe the Springboks didn't quite um, maybe uh, play to the conditions and select to the conditions that were there in France on Saturday. And we're expecting rain again on Saturday evening. This seems like a team more built for playing in the rain. No, 100%. Um, I think we all sort of uh, saw the the Rana Faf change um, and yeah, it, it had to be done. And uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not sure, uh, I didn't get a chance to listen to the podcast from around enough the, the quarterfinal. I was too busy listening to the New Zealanders trying to put that uh, semi-final against uh, England behind me. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't hear what you guys said or anything, but uh, like Marnie didn't have a great game. And uh, I think they made the, the decision at the right time. And obviously we're saying that now that uh, we've won the match, but... Yeah, I think you spot on. Um, Pollard has been there, done that in the big games, and uh, yeah, we, we, we've we've given out a lot of slander towards Pollard, but uh, these these are his moments. Like these are when we really get the best out of Pollard. Like we're still gonna get like a miss line uh, kick this weekend against All Blacks. Like I know it's gonna happen, but I, I I'm gonna forgive him when it happens because I know he's gonna slot a, a clutch penalty or something somewhere along the line. So. Yeah, those ones were sort of predictable, right there in your face. Everyone knew it was going to happen. Um, yeah, perhaps a bit harsh on Marnie and uh, Reinach, considering what they've done up until now. But it, it sort of had to happen, and it's for winning the uh, World Cup. Like, this is what we had to do. And then the bench was just... Like, I, I always thought maybe maybe they'll put it out in the final, but, like, it'll be ballsy, it will be too risky, and they'll back out, but... No, they've gone and put uh, the entire mortgage on uh, on red at the roulette table, and yeah, man, it's 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 mad. And but everything mad that they've done this World Cup has has paid off from the scrum calls, from um, from a mark to making early substitutions to uh, yeah. I, th- I think the only time the seven, like the, the one thing that didn't come off was the seven one against Ireland, but it, it still led us to a World Cup final. So, yeah, it can't have been too bad. Yeah, live by the seven one, die by the seven one split. Yeah, exactly that. Um, yeah, I think you're, you're completely right, Jared. Like the coaches have obviously really gone with the plan here. And maybe last week the issue was maybe trying to continue with um, the quarterfinal plan. And now there's a clear set plan and way of playing mm. um, for Saturday. Mm. Uh, Sean, um, what are we expecting in terms of play? I, I'm kind of, when I look at both teams, I'm kind of thinking the box want to repeat Twickenham and Bombella last year. The All Blacks want to repeat um, Mount Smart. Is it, is it that simple? Yeah, I mean that you obviously want to tap into those those moments and and how you got there, but for me, and I said it against France, and I highlighted it against England. It's about killing it at the source, and for me, what we're going to be doing is just piling a ton of pressure on Aaron Smith. So we need to do that to force shitty ball to go to the backs because we all know clean ball for them they're they're deadly as. I think that's where we we're going to be fighting, obviously with the other usual stuff. The other thing, and I, <laughs> I said it a while back, and it didn't work, but I really do feel this World Cup has shown us a couple of defensive like changes in our in our game, like hyper aggressive or a little bit more passive. I think we might see both of those in the game, depending on what's happened, because we've got to throw the All Blacks off 
the one thing that will do is is score. Um, and the other is just frankly, what does seven one tell you? It tells you quite simply that we are going in and we're going in hard. Um, especially with the the setup of the seven one is we've gone more kind of tight forward than uh, like more of like tight big ball carriers than uh, like a marker for start fun starting for for argument's sake who often gets a look in on a seven one or a or a six two, you know. So that's where we are. So the other thing that I think is this seven one bench um helps us should we be a little bit flatter or struggling a little bit like we did against England, which I don't think will happen. But you know the the Springbok setup and the the basically the golden rule is is you go 110% for as long as possible. And when you've got nothing left, we'll change you. And, you know, that's what's happening. And Easy Company are currently shitting themselves because it's coming and it's coming hard and they know what's coming. Books, let's um, focus on one, I think, player we haven't necessarily mentioned now. Um, in the additions and the new players that have come into the 23, we have Jean Klein and we have um, Trevor Nyakane that are on the bench. Trevor obviously is replaced Vincent Koch. Koch wasn't able to um, practice on 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 Monday, so he wasn't selected for Saturday's game. The 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 battle of the scrum between Oxen Chair and Trevor Nyakane versus Tamaiti Williams and Nepalalala, one of the changes that the All Blacks had, I think that could decide the match. No, hundred percent. I think that's uh, Ox has become such a weapon that you actually. You have to plan so hard for him because if you don't, he's gonna wreck your scrum. He's gonna cost. If Ox doesn't perform that well, the box will win long streak. I mean, that's. I mean, that's. I mean, Ox scrumming one of the most that game. So you look at if you're New Zealand side. I mean, having with going with Nepo Laulala for example, as opposed to Fletcher Newell, who who's probably the better all-round player, but just I think Nepo is probably the technically the better scrummer. And that's it. That that, that that's the big reason because you got to find a way to plan for Ox. And I think. Ox and Trevor are also an absolutely deadly, deadly combination. And um and of course have a goal all World Cup win besides the games that that Trevor Mustin and Koch came in, but it also shows the incredible depth that the All Blacks have. I mean Springboks have to you lose Muslim Koch and Trevor Nyakana come straight back in. So the that that battle off the bench is gonna be is gonna be massive. I know in Twickenham by the time the fourth came on, it was like twenty eight nil, so the game was already done, but I think it'll be a lot closer. Especially in in those in those conditions. I mean, I know New Zealand are incredible in the rain because it probably rains every second day. Um, but if you if Nipola, if Nipola and Tamanda Williams can just not not necessarily dominate the scrum, but just contain Trevor and Ox, they'll put they'll put the All Blacks in good stead to win the game, especially in the second half. Because I think the All Blacks have got an incredible. They, they they built themselves a very very good bench, especially with like Sam Warlock on the bench, Dalton, and I think that Antonio Brown, the game changer. It's just that front row. That's the big, that's the big challenge, especially the two brothers. I think Takiyo was fine, um, but um, I think yeah, for Tomato Williams and Nipo, I think the game rests solely on their shoulders. Hooks, and I'm gonna I'm gonna blame Jacques for this, but I when I see this. <laughs> I see the 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 reserve props. I'm just sitting there going, ah, oh, I see Trevor's there. Excellent. So what's going to happen is Kitsov's going to play 20 minutes. Then Trevor's going to come on and play 20 minutes at Lucid. 
then he's going to replace France Malherbe and then they're going to bring Ox on. Like that's, <laughs> that's this, I blame the Springboks for this because I'm just, you're just kind of looking at this going, what angle are we working here? And that's what I see is going to happen. I think Trevor's going to play both sides somewhere along the line to cover someone or kind of make the All Blacks shit themselves somewhere or whatever. And then bring Oxton. Ah, oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> That's just how I see it. It's wild. That definitely, that definitely wouldn't surprise me. Uh, to be honest, yeah, I think with Oxton, I mean, because I mean, Oxton and Quaker are the two guys. I feel like in the park bench you actually have to game plan for, um, like properly, like like you have to have like for like replacements. But I, I really thought the All Blacks. Oh, I would think, man, like, are they going to go possibly starting someone like a, like a. Like a Nicola Lala, and then you're actually having Lomax on the bench and be like, listen, mm. Lomax, you're actually our best comer. We're going to put you on the bench just to negate Ox. I mean, that's how much of a factor Ox can be. I actually thought there was going to be a little bit of a change there. And for that reason, um, yeah. Yeah, I. it's actually interesting, the Laulala versus Newell thing, because I don't think um, at least today that the gap between the two of them is that big in scrumming. Um, I think Virginia is a pretty decent scrummage. Obviously he's in the Crusaders. He has obviously the likes of Whitelock and Barrett with them. So there is that familiarity, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting change. I guess they're just relying on Laulala's experience. And if I'm not mistaken, I don't know who's taller between the two. I think they're both relatively tall tight heads and that's, yeah, obviously from a New Zealand side, that should be a concern because, yeah, tall tight heads obviously don't really do well against in the oxen chair test. So it's, yeah, I think th I'm sure that was the one selection that was keeping Foster and the and um, Jason Ryan, I kept calling him James Ryan in the podcast earlier this week, Jason Ryan up at night is which props will be able to, you know, at least survive. Like Cook said, you will definitely concede at least one or two penalties, but just make sure it's not penalties that are either piggyback penalties or penalties um, in your own half. Yeah, so, so Jack, I, I, yeah, I, 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 I think you're right there. Like, um, I, I think they've literally just gone with the old dog. Like you've, as a tight head, you will learn, pick up things along the way. And you, I think you're a little bit uh, more smarter when like you can pick, uh, when like to get yourself out of trouble and i think you need that against the springboks and i think that's exactly why they've gone with uh with nepo um it's also his last all black test uh he's he's going off to uh to lose after the world cup so yeah there's also that extra little bit of drive for him where for fletcher he's he's yeah you'll be disappointed that he doesn't get to play the final but he's got a long all black career ahead of him um like you say he's quite a young front rower so He's got a lot of time left in all black jersey. And yeah, for Nepo, it's his last hurrah. He's got, like I say, the, the old dog tricks are definitely coming into play with that selection. Yeah, I mean, look, Tamaiti Williams, Takeaho, and Newell are going to take all blacks forward for at least the next five ish years. So they, they'll be good, at least in the future. Um, Sean, you little bit surprised that they didn't select Dan Coles instead of um Takiaho. I one theory I saw is that with Takiaho and Laulala, they're choosing a heavier front row. So maybe in the rain, it's maybe a little bit easier if you just stand there, <laughs> basically in the scrum and not allow yourself to be pushed back. So is that maybe a possible reason? I mean, I know we probably most of us don't really know much about scrums. Speak for yourself. Um <laughs> I 
I'm I'm surprised that Coles didn't get a look in because he's been playing reasonably well and he's got that uh, that shit factor about him that all of us hate. But if he was playing for your team, you'd love. Um, and then likes to kind of hang in the fringes. He always like beats a man. He's pretty good. He gets in your face. I personally would wouldn't have had him uh, in the in the squad like in the beginning when they were selecting the squad, I thought maybe, or even if he was in the squad, he probably wouldn't have got as much game time as I, as I thought he would have got. So I don't have an issue with this. Um, I don't know how well he is as a scrummager, but he can't be shit. But, you know, you can't really argue with the, with the two hookers they got at, at the moment. Um, so, yeah, maybe it, it is what you're saying, just simply a horses for courses situation. Um, you know, you're going to be scrumming hard. You know, you're going to be scrumming a lot. So deal with it that way. Very interesting is uh, Coles is the, that's it. That's his all black career done. Um, so there's two of them. I mean, uh, Courtney Laws wasn't selected to play for England. Um, I'm not sure if he's injured. I assume he's injured and Coles we know is not injured. So that's quite interesting. I mean, that's like a ballsy call from the coaches to do something like that, you know? To be fair, Sean, there's about like 20 All Blacks start retiring or moving off this weekend. It's pretty much going to be Kevin <laughs> McKenzie and friends next year. I mean, there's a of guys playing. But um, I just I, I do think with the hooker thing, I think they do want someone that's a bit more dynamic. I mean, you look at the havoc, for example, like Malvaka caused the Springboks in that game against France. And, and, I, and I do think that someone like Takehayo and, and Coles are probably best suited to, to cause havoc against the boss. I think, I mean, Dan Coles is is fantastic as he is. I mean, he's had a fantastic career. And I remember when he was absolutely at his absolute peak before he became a street fighter. Um, I mean, he could definitely have sort of still caused damage. But I think now, Takeo on the bench, I think it's a massive, massive game. And we know how, how great he's been against the Springboks. And I think he does bring back that extra grant that they need more for Saturday, especially coming against the one split then. Probably a Dane, uh, a Dane Coles. Yeah, Coles will be continuing his career in the WWE after this game. And yeah, we wish him luck for that. Um, Jared, let's talk about the start of this game. So, I mean, the Springboks had two very different starts in their two knockout games. They went blow for blow with France and had like the craziest first half ever with like six tries being scored in a knockout game, which is ridiculous. Against England, they obviously were <laughs> absolute shadows of themselves and England dictated things. What do you think the coaching staff is ideally trying to do in the start of this game? Not concede. Um, I, mm. I, I know that sounds stupid enough, but uh, I think they'll drop in uh, New Zealand into their own half, particularly in New Zealand's 22 for as long as possible. Um, and I, I think the 7-1 bench sort of indicates that like they want to grind New Zealand down like inch by inch. Like Garlux, Shannon Frizzol, they're going to want him to make as many tackles as he as he possibly can in the opening 30 minutes. Nullify him that he can't uh, make those big uh, bulking carries and uh, yeah, get a lot of mauls going, scrums going and yeah, like um, you, you hear when Rassi explained why we take the mark for um, the scrum against France is that their uh, forwards were just standing in the middle of the pitch. And yeah, I, I think we all want to do the same with uh, New Zealand. Like we don't want uh, 
their props just standing there. We want to get them working, get them in uncomfortable positions. And then, yeah, I like I think Lomax is is definitely going to go far into this game. Um, I, I think the crew, they can afford to take off um, after a little bit. But uh, they, they'll definitely want Lomax to go deep. And if we can get Lomax doing a lot of work and forcing that uh, la la substitution as early as possible, I think it's, it's a big it's a big play. So yeah, I, I, I think that's that's the main thing for for the start of the game is getting that dominance and well, even if it's not dominance, just making that forward pack work, 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 and giving very little for any of the two backlines to actually do. Like, yeah, I, I think we're going full Route 1 2019 play um, in the first 30, 40 minutes that we're just going to kick the hell out of the ball and we're going to try to get as many line outs, as many scrums, all of that as, as much as possible and tie out that New Zealand pack. Yeah, I, I think that's probably correct, um, Jared. Like you saw also in the two games that have happened between the Box and All Blacks this year, how important the start was. I mean, both mm-hmm. teams, mm-hmm. the teams that the team that won had a fantastic first 20 minutes. The Box basically had about 4,000 rolling malls and were camped in the All Blacks 22 for um the, the first half. And then the pressure toll, they got the points, they got um, Barrett yellow carded and things then um you know snowboard from there the all blacks in, in 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 new zealand when they played in the rugby championship just absolutely started just carrying like absolute demons their kicking game was pinpoint and they got line breaks and they converted those chances and they kept the ball and play time quite high um sean um let's talk about kicking i think new zealand's kicking game has probably been the biggest it's had the biggest improvement um in the last year or so um, especially with now having both Barrett and Monga and Aaron Smith on the field. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Then obviously the kicking game, or at least our receiving of kicking on set on last week Saturday was not really good. So yeah, how how is that fixed? Are we should we sort of escort better and protect our catches a lot better? How do we make sure that we can kick on the front foot? The the escorting situation, 100 percent And I I don't think it's um I think it's just something that maybe fell away or wasn't focused on by the players it most certainly would have been dealt with pre-world cup and way before but the focus will be heavily on that the thing for me is the all blacks are now going to have to kick differently um i i feel so they're going to have to have those real shallow cross field kicks because in the beginning or maybe late in the game is we're going to have an aggressive defense um starting at 13 with creole as we know and then our wingers are going to have to then deal with everything accordingly. They might hang a little bit deeper and then be forced to rush if the if there's the pass if the kick pass isn't on the passes on, then they'll be forced to rush up. So there's there's very fine lines in in winning and losing. The other thing is if they kick deep, Damien Williams is definitely the best at running it back, um, looking for something as opposed to creating something which Vili we kind of used to Vili doing. Um, so Williams is the best at that, and then. The last option is that um, you can't kick too deep because you know you're going to be scrumming. So that's there's no doubt about it that teams are thinking about that. And in the beginning, it might not matter because they might be like, cool, like, let's see how we front up and what's happening. But we won't call for the mark straight away, I don't feel. I think after maybe the first or second scrum, you know, that'll force if the All Blacks do kick it long, then that's what's going to happen. So 
the other thing they're probably gonna maybe kick um maybe not uh, try and kick deeper to try and because we're not going to be asking for a scrum deep in our 22 it'll be on the kind of very close to the 22 meter line probably want to kick in the middle or something like that so there's a few options and it's the thing is is we have 100 percent changed the rugby landscape on many platforms but we've changed the way teams attack how they think how they try and attack our defense or try and counter our defense and the same with this kicking game like it's changed everything everyone wants to hit the 50 22 because obviously it's a very very lucrative option but knowing if you get it slightly wrong or if someone's covering it that you're going to be scrumming you're like hmm you know, it, it changes everything. It changes the mindset. It changes the way the players are kicking and how they approach it. Yeah, and I think his backfield cover is going to be so important. I think what New Zealand um, have been doing well with their kicks is just the variety. So like you said, Sean, there's the cross kicks, there's up and unders, there's midfield bombs. Aerosmith sometimes if there's a Right in the middle of the field, we'll just put one up like he did that um, in New Zealand. I think my Pippi or Willemsa, mm. well, Nisbo doesn't know, but um, one of the two was trying to catch that. Um, and then there's grabbers, there's everything. So I think that's important. But I think there's also an opportunity to put some pressure on Bowden Barrett that I don't think teams have really tried to do in the last few weeks. Um, we know that Bowden has had his struggles with injury, especially head injury, and I don't think he's that keen to get himself um, dirty somewhat. So I'm wondering if also like if, you know, if there are good pinpoint kicks and we do get our chases going and the likes of Sia and Itzabeth, you know, hurtling down, down at him, like if we can force some errors there. Because, yeah, it's still, I mean, we've been talking about this for two, three years now. It's still <laughs> a lot of players playing positions they're not 100% familiar in. Like, this shouldn't be working. Um, yeah, no. I've, I've I've had many a rant about Ian Foster and the selections, but it shouldn't be working. I don't know. Uh, yeah, and it might be the game that it might be exposed. It might be the game that it still just continues going on. I don't know at this stage. Um, but Cooks, in terms of the Springbok coaching staff or maybe yourself, what is the thing about the All Blacks or aspects either about their game or a player or whatever that is giving them maybe a sleepless night or two? I think for them it's probably shame result. I think because I do feel like the all the all black pack. I mean, I get RD's probably the best player, bro, Vitalik. But it's one of those things where if shame result plays well, you got it. They should. That's from one of the best chances of winning because of how we can sort of dominate the contact zone, make big hits, and he's been the he's finally hit not woman, but hit the potential that 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 they wanted from him for the longest time. Um, and then, so I think for the spirit management, I think he's the he's the big the key point. I'm trying to get him out the game because he gives him so much momentum. And obviously, then it opens up the game for the likes of RD and the likes of and, and, and Sam Ken gets in the game. You know, like some of Sam Ken, what you're going to get. But I think for the Springbok staff, Shan Frizzell is huge, is massive. And I think in the back, it's Jordy Barrett. Like Tyler, you mentioned, how does this work? I think it works. It works with Jordy Barrett. How good. He has been a 12 and the balance that he's given them with being able to kick, pass, carry. And I and, and I think someone like Antonio Brown, for example, who's a fantastic player, I think, for example, Jordi Bear is such a better kicker that it, 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 he 
someone like Andy LeBron would sort of miss up because then Julie Barrett can pop up anywhere. He can scoot kicker here. He can, he can pop up on the wing like he did against Argentina. He pops up at first receiver. So I think Julie Barrett is the glue that holds that that backline together because of you have the like with, with Moanga and Barrett sort of interchanging. I think with Bonham Barrett at fifteen. So I think it's if you can take out Shane Fazal and 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 Julie Barrett, I think would be a long way into winning the game. I think those are key cogs because I think every everything else sort of stems. From them, someone like Ardi comes in the game if, if Shannon is flying. Moanga is Moanga is just going to be a menace regardless. And but like then like he plays better if, if Julian Barrett is playing well. If you can nullify him because he, he's gonna he's, he's he's gonna be a factor. I mean he takes all the first face ball whether he's passing behind the back or whether he's taking it up. And he's a big boy as well, so you have to you have to respect his carrying ability. So I think with the pro management, I think those are the two players that there's probably think they're thinking like if we can get these dogs. Controlled, we will be well on our way to winning the game. Yeah, I mean, it's also the All Blacks, so you can probably make arguments for most of them. But I'm also looking at Aaron Smith and the width and the pace he can get with his passing. So if Aaron Smith is able to sort of get those really quick long passes and get to the seams of the Bok Rush defense and make the Bok defenders unsure as to who to rush because the three forwards, you don't know which one he's going to hit and they're quite spaced out and everything. That can also cause a few gaps in the defensive lines. Like, it's so crazy. I think, I mean, yeah, it's it's such a weird history that New Zealand South Africa have had the last four years. I think I've seen two of the best performances against New Zealand by any team by South Africa. Um, this year, obviously, in Twickenham and last year in Bombella. I've then, then also seen New Zealand either the week late in Ellis Park or um, earlier this year in Mount Smart or uh, in the 100th Test match also just get, yeah, like absolutely just make the Springboks look ordinary. Like this, the, these two countries are going literally up and down and sort of it's a seesaw between them. Like it hasn't really, like there's been a few patterns of certain things, but it hasn't been one team sort of asserting themselves and the other team you know, following a pattern. It's just been... One week, it could be the Springboks and, you know, them just suffocating the All Blacks with the rush defense. The next week, it's New Zealand doing clever things to win the game. Cooks? I think, yeah, totally spot on because I think there's so many ways the Springboks can beat the All Blacks. I mean, there's days, like you said, we've seen them absolutely dominate them up front. And there's, t- there's been times when the Springboks have actually gone blow for blow with the All Blacks and being able to, to score great tries as well. But I think... With the Springboks, I think why all is all is this fear about the All Blacks is the fact that you look at England, for example, that one way of playing. They're going to go, listen, we're going to outkick these guys, wear them down, try to uh, attack their set piece. Um, we're going to trap. We're going to play anyway in our halves. France sort of try to run off, run off, run off our feet, then kick as much as I thought they would. When played France, but the All Blacks is it's like a combination of France and England, where the All Blacks play. We're gonna we're gonna chase these off to the back. We're gonna be clever with. The way of carrying ball, but we also know we're good enough to get around this rush defense. Rain or no rain, we 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 back our skills to. If someone is rushing out, you're gonna get a pass through. And I think, like Aaron Smith, and there's such a massive factor in it because they do have the ball carriers sort of stop that to stop the inside runners, and that's why like someone like Frizzell has to play well. Someone like Artie Sevilla becomes dangerous, and it's gonna be interesting now because two times we played Artie Sevilla, he wasn't at his ultimate, ultimate basis, like how it's cooking at the moment, but also on the counter side of that, I mean, they're both nominated for player of the year. Eben hasn't been 
this day against the All Blacks at his best, 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 best. So it's going to be interesting because I think the All Blacks, that's, that's my, that's what gives me sleepless nights. The fact that they can, they, they can, if they can just adjust, they, they can go in between game plans and, and ones that have both been proven successful against Springboks, whereas other teams tend to double, like, double down on one sort of game plan. This is how we're going to beat the Springboks. This is how we're going to go like England did last week. We're not going to change anything. This is our approach. I think that's also what gives the, the Springbok coaches, like it does give them a little bit of fear. Sean, with I think both teams also, as you've I think mentioned earlier, like both teams are really good with certain trick plays or setting up plays. We saw the Kirtley Aronser uh play off the line out last week. But New Zealand obviously with um Joe Schmidt have been fantastic with like their players of set pieces. So I'm sure there's something that I'm sure there's many things that both teams are cooking up that have say that they've saved for the final and probably for each other. Huh. It's we keep saying this, but it's it's got to happen now. It's got to happen now. You know, there has to be something. Whether it's a lineout move or a lineout more setup or appeal of that, or I was just thinking now, like I was daydreaming, trying to figure out what we can do that has the shape of what we normally do and has a different outcome. Um, and I was thinking, Damien Delaney's been carrying like an absolute weapon. Um, and I know we use Jesse Creel a little bit against uh, Ireland, but running Damien as a screen at 12 and playing to Jesse to try and maybe expose Rico a little bit because it's going to suck Geordie in. Um, maybe even suck Rico in if the line is good enough. So maybe something like that. You know, there's got to be something that's going to be different, but we'll have 90% of the game being same, same. You know, the it's going to be what we expect. It is a World Cup final. That's what we we're all expecting this to go to be absolute chaos. But it is a World Cup final in the rain. So what's going to happen? The thing is, and the truth is, is the All Blacks and the Springboks are two of the most attacking sides. Um, you know, in 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 the top top bits of the of the world rankings. So uh, along with maybe with with France and and Ireland, but Ireland, you know, they manufacture it. They go, they go, they go. So this is like these these two sides are great uh, strike player teams. You know, something's on they go. So it could be a secret move, the move volume two, or it could be something that is just kind of like go for it. And if you think it's on, it's on, and everyone trusts the process. Yeah, Jared, and then with the bench and the second half i mean we yeah well, i mean we've talked about the spring box and the 7-1 the yeah the new zealand is sort of like similar to ireland they've gone or they've sort of continued their plan and said look we're not going to change mm. our selections we're not going to change our approach and ian foster i think said pretty much the same thing and i guess the 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 main reason for that is unlike um, Twickenham, there's obviously now a Sam Whitelock on the bench, there's a Takiaho on the bench, there's a Dalton Papali mm. on the bench that could actually give them a bit of grunt. Um, yeah, it's 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 quite an experienced bench from New Zealand, but I mean, there's still, I mean, Tamati Williams is, you know, 2,000 kilograms heavy, but he's still, I think, what, on his sixth or seventh test, he's a, on the Candice Wall breakthrough player of the year. And yeah, there is still, and Finn Christie, um, I'm sure most England, um, New Zealand fans are going to hope that he plays 80 minutes. I think the the box 
probably have the advantage on the bench, right? Whatever the composition. Yeah, I think so. Um, I I was actually thinking about it uh, yesterday, and like looking at the teams, and I I do think this is still going to be the greatest rugby world cup final we've ever seen. Like, um, mm. I, I think yeah. this. I, th I think this beats uh, 95, um, 2007 for, if you like, go on full on South African, um, that 2011 final as well. Like there, there's been some great ones, but I think this one is the greatest one. It's the, I, I think it was um, Jamie that said it as well, that uh, we're hearing a lot of the Northern Hemisphere teams, oh, you shouldn't play for scrums. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. And uh, he said, well, it's the two most successful teams in the world. We actually should dictate how we play the game. So, and Foster was pretty much on the same line when he was asked about the the seven one bench. He's like, he thinks it's fantastic. Um, South Africa have their way of playing the game. We have our way of playing the game, and it's the two best ways of playing the game. And it's 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 really going to be um, like it's a, such a clash of styles that that it's that it really is brilliant. I thought that New Zealand would would go for a six two split um, and get Ethan Blackadder in the mix. I think they missed the trick doing that. But at the same time, they've got um, if if we have to take Bongi off and um, as as much of a, as much as I love him, Dion Free, his his lineup throwing isn't of the same standard as Bongi's. And you've got Sam Whitelock um, jumping against uh, Dion Free's throws. We really need our, um, our our locks to be on top top form in those minutes. So, yeah, I, I think the box bench does have an edge. Um, and like I've said already, I th I, you guys spoke about the most important players on the pitch for the All Blacks. I think it's Tyrell Lomax. Um, I think he gives them a bit of a, a, a mellow, uh, like a evening out in the scrums and. I sort of I predicted it for the um, Ireland game um, where Barnes actually started penalising Porter. So the box have to be sharp because if there's any little, we we, we have a tendency of going in sometimes. Um, if if Barnes is picking up any of that, we we're gonna have a long day at the scrums. Jared, I wanted to echo when you said and you said this could be the greatest like rugby World Cup final ever. I just, I was thinking, I was this whole week, bro, I was trying to figure out, like, looking at the last international finals, sports finals, and I, this might be one of the biggest international, like, tournament finals in any sports. I mean, yeah. how often do you get two teams where the two most successful teams of, in the sports history and the winner of that final becomes the most successful team in the tournament's history? I mean, it's like, it's incredible. It's unheard of. It's, no, it's unheard of. I mean, like, you look at... I'm trying to think of like even like football World Cups. Yeah, you get France come in with Mbappe, but then yeah, you know, Argentina. I think that was the closest one we got last year in Argentina versus France and Mbappe. Mm. But like, you, you want to see like Argentina versus Brazil, or like you want to see or like cricket. You want to see Australia versus India. Are you, it's not, it's not, it's not often you get the, the. I know the Europeans are saying like I saw. I think it was Rosa Lagos like it's not the final as Europeans wanted, but to, to get the All Blacks and the Springboks, it's the game's biggest. It's rugby's biggest game. Two, two, the only sides on two tro in three World Cup trophies, it doesn't get bigger than that. And it's incredible. Yeah, we can have France and Ireland some other time. But I mean, like, they can wait their time. But mm. we've waited 28 years to see this. And I just think I can't remember in reason. And probably the closest one is the Mbappe versus Messi World Cup final last year in terms of narrative, in terms of yeah. the star versus Messi. That's the closest you get. But like, it's not like... They they both tied for most World Cups. This this is an incredible, incredible 
build up an incredible story to finally have this. I mean, C has loved the, the, the All Blacks got great players. Bowdenberry at the last game. There's, there's absolute legends retiring. There's youngsters the making a name for themselves. The All Blacks did the whole bag chain as well. Like it's such epic storytelling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that, everything you need there. Like it's it's um. I'm fucking excited because it's exactly <laughs> it's exactly what you waited for. Like, I mean, how long have you waited for Spring, Springbok All Blacks? So we always tend to someone tends to 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 mess up along the way. So, like, I um I know the Europeans wanted to see France was France was Ireland, but they they can see that every year in the Six Nations. You know, it, they they said it's not the it's not the final Europeans wanted, but I guarantee you, everyone's watching it. That's yeah, that's yeah. that is the difference. Like, I'm, I don't think. I mean, Ireland, Fra- Ireland, France would have been great, and a lot of people would have watched it. But it doesn't. I mean, maybe I'd like this is definitely going to come across as being arrogant and whatnot. But like everyone's watching this game, everyone knows the history. Like everyone's deeply ingrained in it. Like, no, hundred percent. That's the thing. I, I, I've, I've, I constantly have uh, guys from all over the world uh, chatting to me on Twitter and that kind of thing. And uh, I got, I got a message from one of the guys at RTE, and uh, he said to me that, uh, like, he, he's, it's taken two weeks, but he's finally over Ireland's exit, and he was feeling like a lull about the game. And then when the box announced their team, it sort of like just hit him, like, yeah, this weekend's actually a World Cup final, and it's actually a pretty special World Cup final, like. It really is like, I, 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 guys, I actually wrote an article about this being the greatest uh, rugby World Cup final, and uh, I'm, I'm glad everyone's sort of uh, jumping on with it because uh, I'm, I'm so excited. Like, uh, I'm get, I, I also get asked for predictions and that kind of thing. I, I've got no idea what's going to happen. Like, I really don't. Like, this yeah. could be, this could be another heart uh, breaking. Uh, well, that that sends your heart rate through the roof. That we go and win it by one point. Um, we've seen matches over the last while where South Africa and New Zealand, uh, South Africa's pummeled New Zealand, New Zealand's pummeled South Africa. Like this, this is the ultimate test match, and we've been treated during this World Cup with some incredible games. South Africa versus Ireland was immense. Um, the World Cup opener was 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 a great game, and like it set an awesome standard. But that's maybe what the the fourth fifth best game at this world cup maybe even sixth and the quarterfinals were incredible um and the semi-final against uh england might have been might not have been like the the greatest game to watch as a south african fan but it was actually a fantastic game and one that was bold to be south africa just beating the shit out of england and we didn't get that and i, I, I don't think this final at this point Jared, also you can't forget that um, the, the best thing this World Cup has done is the fact that England and Wales avoid avoided playing each other. How yeah. we managed to get through that? I think that's that's that is like England should get the the the, the, the medal just for that as well, and Wales as well. Like, thank you guys so much. It, so much. I mean, we could have had them in the third or fourth playoff, but then found a way, whatever round it was, to avoid each other, and <laughs> that is the greatest gift that our World Cup twenty twenty three has given us. <laughs> yeah, we need though, like a. Uh a quadrangular series like they used to have in cricket where four teams play against each other. I would love to see like a month of Ireland, New Zealand, France, South Africa, just beating the crap out of each other. Like it would be epic. Like that's, I do wish somehow that obviously the draw was the draw, but yeah, if Ireland and France was the third place playoff, I'm, I would, I'd be watching that. I am not watching England versus Argentina part two. 100% not going to watch that game. Like, you all can do whatever. Sorry, Jared, I know you have to do it for work. 
No, not even the background. I'm sleeping. I don't care. I woke up this morning. I forgot it was on. <laughs> I was so yeah, pumped I... and ready for the walk-up final. I'm like, well, hang on a second. There's something. And then I was like, oh, I was looking at some. There was some stuff popping up on my timeline on England. And I was like, what the hell? Why? You guys aren't relevant anymore. What's going on? And then I was like, ah, oh, shit, of course. Listen, I'm not doing any favors. Any any first-time listeners from overseas listening must think, yeah, this is Oaks at Shop. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's 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 such a crap game because you've just no gone and put everything on the line a week ago, and you've been crushed. Like Ireland, when they got crushed, they they climbed on Iran air flights and they came back home. Like it, it, it was nice and easy. Like now these folks have to like get themselves back up after. I I I I'm being funny, but like for guys like. Courtney Laws, like I would not have blamed him if after the match he went uh, back to his hotel room and spent like a, the, the whole night crying to get over it and like just like that's that's my career done like like fair play like if that that's how much you've worked a hell of a lot to get to that point in your career and you might not get another shot at it and then you must get up and you must come and play a week later and uh, play a curtain raiser for the finals because that's effectively what this is. It's a curtain raiser game for the final the next day. <laughs> the nice thing is, Jared, that he's put on a Friday night. Imagine being told, like, listen, you've lost the semifinals, so the finals at nine, you guys are going to play at six. Just, you know, get the crowd going. Like, get the crowd's first up before you're going to play, they play, they're going to play with the main event. I'll tell you, like, I'll tell you, like, Empty so, stadium. Sorry. Empty yeah. stadium and, and and all of the guys in the UK are writing about how rugby's dead because yeah, there's no fans. Get the vibe going. Like, just, like, you're going to play, then the closing ceremony, and then just like, we need the crowds coming, when, when the crowd's coming early. But I'm the, I'm the same both, Jared. I'm not a big fan. I've never been a big fan of the third and fourth playoff game. And, and it's, just, it's like, you don't, especially like rugby, like, it is like football and cricket. It's the, you, you play this, you tend to play the same on a Thursday or Wednesday and then the final on Sunday and then you play on Saturday. Like, haven't you had a week? Yeah. Of course. And, and you have to train that whole week, eh? Like, yeah. the coaches aren't going to be like, oh, no, you can just take a chill. I'm like, no, you're going to train. It's like, the, some of the coaches might even be, like, pissed off. Like, if, if if it's a shock that you go to the semifinal and you lost, then, like, okay, fair play. Let's go for let's go for the bronze medal. And you train hard for the tr bronze medal. But, like, if, if you lost, like, there's a good chance the coaches come in, like, murt off at you. And... This is the hardest like... week of your life, and like they're gonna spit in your face while like you'd be busy <laughs> crouching down for a scrum, and yeah, the you, boys... you let... and you're gonna get those uh, narratives. You let your country down last week. Like this week, you need to get back up, dust yourself off. This is not for you. This is for England. <laughs> the boys on Good Bad Rugby Australia addressed it this week. It was hilarious. They're like, "So, what do you do? You guys have all been involved in one. What what happens? They're like, do you want to treat it like a barbarians week?" And they were like, "Yeah." <laughs> 100%. I, I'm all for that. I'm like, yeah, you guys, it's barbarians. Like, let's go out and and do our run our training moves in in the field, um, just outside the pub and hit the pub for three hours of uh, of soul searching. And the the worst, the I think the worst team you can play in a third fourth place playoff is Argentina because Argentina <laughs> will 100 get themselves up for this game instead of getting yourself yeah, up for a, a semi final. final. Like oh, Lavanini is gonna fly into tackles. Kramer's gonna break uh, people. The, the brother isn't playing, man. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> but but uh, Kramer needs uh, uh, ten tackles to break the record for the most tackles in a rugby World Cup. You can guarantee he's gonna try and make all ten of those dominance. Like he, he's he's just with, gonna... with an elbow. 
with an yeah. yeah. I, I just think if Argentina, if Argentina play well today, I, I promise you I'm going to write a letter to Sanzo to get them kicked out of the rugby championship. Because the thing is like playing one, one great one week and then realize they have the World Cup the next week. It's got to end now. Something's got to end with these guys. I think they need to go back to tier two. I'm going to, I'm actually going to, they better keep playing the shit as they've been playing the whole World Cup. I would like wake up a week later, like, where were you last Friday against the All Blacks? We gave them the easiest day out. Like, captain's run, like, captain's run, 50th minute. Take more more off and rest. Now all of a sudden you're like, we well, want to come third, and they're like, they're gonna cry. It's gonna be great for the country. They have parades and stuff because it's the first time coming third in the World Cup. I promise you that happens. Sanzo must spit an email to get these all sent back to tier two. <laughs> I mean, we like you guys said, like the, these late kickoffs are crap. Like we sat up until uh, it's, it's it's nine o'clock in South Africa. It's eight o'clock here for me. But you you, you stay up until like twelve o'clock in the morning, like watching that, like watching New Zealand absolutely pummel Argentina, turning it into a uh, like a, it was like a warm up match or like a training ground game, like. <sighs> No, you can't cook some with you. If they come in and, and they dominate England, like if they beat them by like a trial, like at the end, and it's it's all fun and like lacquer then, then cool. But if they come in, like give England 20-point victory, no, we, we can sign up. I'll, I'll sign your petition. Guys, and the worst ref you can get for third, fourth-place playoff is Nick Perry oh, as I, well. I thought we don't talk about it. <laughs> Are we allowed to talk I'm about so Nick sorry. Perry now? I'm so sorry, but <laughs> okay. Second worst, I it could need, have been. I need this Second worst is no, because Carl Dixon is somehow a touch judge at a rugby world cup final, where I'm not even <laughs> sure if he knows all the rules to rugby. Okay, guys, I, 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 I'm glad we can now talk about Nick Berry because uh, <laughs> I, I, you've been I, keeping I, this I'm... for two years. I've, I, I'm willing to challenge you on that. I think that Nick Berry, like if you're talking Nick Berry and um. Cole Dixon, I I think Nick Berry's taking the prize, man. Like straight up, quite easily the the worst referee at this World Cup. Like I, Andrea Piotti, why that guy has gone to the World Cup as an assistant referee and not a straight up official? It blows my mind. Like that. What did Luke he, Pierce do? He's running a drug cartel. Yeah, he must be. He must be. <laughs> There's some. How's that like not looked at? Like no, not no, looked at, no. at uh, what I don't think, did he do a quarterfinal? I don't even think he did no. a quarterfinal. He hasn't done any no, playoff games. No, no. Like, seriously, they could, have, they could have given him this third place playoff, even if he's English. <laughs> yes, who cares? <laughs> we honestly can I? I'll, I'll be very honest here, and I'm not taking the piss. Luke Pierce not having a playoff game really like diabolical. It, it's hurt. It hurts our rugby. Like it would have been. He's a brilliant referee. Hmm? Like no, I don't know what I don't know what he did. But I hope he's making money out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Him and Amish Kelly. Okay, our ref rant is over. And yeah, Cooks, we need to find out either the Sangomo or what prayers that Dixon and Barry use, especially Carl Dixon. Like Barry, I can understand he's genuinely what the second best ref in Australia, unfortunately. Dixon is probably what That's the 10th best. Low bar. I mean, sure, fair enough. Dixon is what the maybe the 10th best ref in England. I don't know how he's getting jobs before some of the other peeps in the premiership. At least you know Luke Pierce is going to get the premiership final. Like, I guess at least they can do two Luke Pierce. Like, tell him now. Like, listen, sorry, but like, you will get the premiership final in May. So, but hit, but keep your head up and let me make sure knowing and make sure that Carl Dixon and the boys are ready to go and say. No, yeah, he, uh, he must be going straight to a Saracens Harlequins game this weekend. 
Okay, gents, let's get back to the rugby and actually to the 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 final. Um, let's ask this: Sean, player that you are thinking is going to make the biggest impact um, for each side. Aaron Smith and Arches Neyman. Jared? Uh, I think I've spoken enough about Lomax, but uh, I, I'm I'm going to go with uh, Adi Sevilla and uh, South Africa to Wayne. I think I think we have a Dwayne Masterclass coming. Oh, that's a Ooh. great shot. Yeah, I I, I do. Yeah, he, he's 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 always there in the big games for us. Like it was a travesty that that I'm he didn't get to play the Lions, but uh, yeah, it's it's his last game. We saw what he did in the last Rugby World Cup final. He's done it multiple times against New Zealand. I I, I think we've got a Dwayne Masterclass coming, and it's gonna. I, yeah, I, I think it's gonna be his best game yet. Books. Um, for the box, I've got this every quote everything that um, Jared said, but for Stephen Kitsoff, I think I think Kits is due a massive game. Um, he's probably not been at at where we want him to be in the in the first quarterfinals and semi. I, I just think he's been tired, but I think he's just got one more big game. I think Ox has been obviously the stalwart, but I think Kids will prove why he's one of the best loose heads in the world and one of the best we've ever produced and I think from the All Black side man it's going to sound very very cliche to say but I think Artie Sevilla Artie Sevilla could have one of those games could have one of those games where it's like those ones where like those ones we had in 2020 where he's basically playing on his own and just basically holding Museum <laughs> Rugby together on his own he, we single-handedly kept Ian Foster in the job yeah, like I think he could have one of those games you must love Ian Foster then, because he was performing like an absolute animal the last year or two. No, hundred percent. Like it's it's, it's it's his guy. Ian Foster must thank Odie Sevier every single day, like when he goes to work. Like like as he goes to practice, hey Odie, I just want to say thanks, mate. And then okay, flowers every day. Like, say thank you, buddy. Like and then look at us quickly, because Ian Foster could could pull off the biggest shit take of all time. Four years of shit and leaving and could leave with a World Cup is. Would be the most. I'll, I'll never coach again. I'll never coach again. I'll be like, tell you something. Like, I won't come consult. I won't go on a podcast. I won't go on the breakdown. I'll be like, I'm done with you. Here's your little World Cup, and I'm done. Yeah, that's the weirdest thing. Like, like if if New Zealand win on Saturday, they're gonna have like parades and that kind of thing in New Zealand. Like, he's gonna be on the tour bus and everything. And then once all that dies down, like, it's just like, cool. Thanks for winning us the World Cup. Um, <laughs> Please, please yeah. leave your ID badge at uh, security <laughs> and like, yeah, cheers, man. Thanks. Here's your last paycheck. Like I, I see now there's there's rumors that uh, Eddie and Rugby Australia are talking about exit plans for, for Eddie. and That like, hasn't stopped, though. No. This it, whole it, World it, Cup, it's, it's been going. It's resurfaced now again. And Yes, uh, I saw. But uh, imagine, imagine Ian coming in and taking up the, the gig with Australia. Like, no. That the, would be elite. It, it would Jared, be in the trolling. Jared, if I'm being Foster, I'm even going to the parade. I'm literally landing. As I land, I'm going straight to New Zealand, New Zealand Rugby Office. I'm taking my medal. I'm throwing it at the window. I'm like, cheers, boys. It is a long time you see of me. I'm not going to any function. They, they can never, like, and then what I'm doing is whenever Razor loses a game, I'm like, oof, at least I want to walk up, but look at you. <laughs> yeah, I'd start a Twitter account. 
hundred yeah. percent. And every time when he loses, just do a shrug emoji or something. Yeah. <laughs> or every time oh, no. something doesn't come off, you'd be like, I wouldn't have done that. Imagine like Razor like takes like again for us to win the World Cup and Razor like goes like in another like incredible run, like or like an unbeaten run and all of that. What else is Ian Foster be like, but it means nothing if you win a World Cup. Look at me. I lost almost everything. And somehow I won the World Cup. So don't come tell me about unbeaten runs. It doesn't matter. Yeah. No. I, I mean, Jake White had something similar, I guess, um, when he yeah. won the World Cup in 2007. But, but it all I mean, came after the World Cup that he was Yeah, dumped. fair enough. Mm. I have this a question. Is, go for it. Do you... Do you think the All Blacks are bringing something or do you think the South Africans are bringing something pre-game, Haka? No. Do you think, I don't think we've ever done anything to I think they're still bringing the wooden spoon. I think they're still bringing the wooden spoon. Spoon or spear? <laughs> it's a spear. It's wooden though, but it's a spear. Aaron Smith's <laughs> cooking with that thing. Listen, if we get another um, New Zealand Maori one that they set up with uh, uh Ash Dixon, yo, that was power. Yeah, no, no Aaron's definitely bringing Mucha Prat with him, and then uh, yeah, <laughs> then we go, man. It's, like it's, it's definitely gonna be five minutes long. It's definitely like it's gonna, it's gonna, gonna stretch. It's gonna get yeah. Like, the game will kick oh. off. At, the game will kick off at, at quarter to ten. Guys, I've just remembered what what the worst thing about this uh, World Cup final is gonna be. The players are like they're gonna do this big call, sing and dance. The players are gonna come on. There's gonna be like fireworks, everything, and then we're gonna have Emmanuel Macron coming on with old Bill Beaumont just to shake everyone's hands. Oh, why are you gonna do that now? <laughs> and the two presidents, I, so Cyril and, and Sean Pollock are gonna come out as well. Yeah, yeah, Sean Pollock. <laughs> man, I love. Okay, uh, uh, quickly changing the subject. Um. Uh, the one thing we haven't really touched on is it's also Jacques' uh, final game as Springbok uh, coach. I was getting there. I the way there. he has been speaking in the media this week, and it's something he actually hates doing. Like He really doesn't uh, like doing the press conferences and that, but he's been phenomenal this week. And like he looked back, he was asked about the EPD um, systems where he coached guys like um, Damien Phillips, uh, Franz Mojave, uh, like he rattled off so many guys. He spoke about seeing Oxen Chair uh, scrummage in his while he was still in his club days and that kind of thing. And uh, I, I think we don't, like a lot of South Africans have been guilty of not giving him enough credit and a lot of it just goes to Rassi. But I think for uh, servants of South African rugby, we really do need to buy for him. And uh, he also said that uh, he, he's not emotional this week because it's not his, it might not be his final game. Um, he thought his final game was... Uh, in 2016, when he came in for three games as defence coach, but uh, yeah, um, I, I, I'm I just wanted to to my hat to him and uh, what he's done for for the box. Yeah. Also, I think um, I obviously, like you said, he doesn't really like doing press and everything. So I do appreciate obviously that Rassi does what he does in order to take the pressure off him, so he can focus on the game. But I do appreciate that Rassi didn't do rusty things this week and mm. kind of let, I mean, yeah, there's been a lot of things happening in the press this week, which probably, yeah, wouldn't have helped anything, but yeah, I do appreciate that he did allow Jacques that platform with the press conferences this week to actually bow out. So that's also been really cool for that. Yeah. And hopefully, yeah, we'll, we at least we'll see a lot of them obviously in the URC 
Unfortunately, mm-hmm. with, you know, this little team called Leinster, I mean, they're struggling their 15th in the URC and, you know, he'll drop <laughs> need to do a big fix-up job there. But, you know, he's he's done it before. I'm, I've chatted about this a lot and I think that he doesn't get, I don't think he gets half the respect he deserves in, in South Africa just because of the dynamic that's going on. But Jared, you're 100% right. Like his presses this week, he has been different. He has mm-hmm. been calm he has been clear like it is crystal clear in his head how things are going and what's happening and i honestly believe that when he says he's totally comfortable and a piece of their ring and the one big thing is like we've got to live in the now but it's yeah he's they're on jared uh, on jared's timeline so please go and, and have a look um there's about three where 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 Jacques is chatting but he's incredible and what a lot of people don't realize is how much time and how long he has been with the, these group of players when he starts talking about everything and when he was with guys and the the places he's gone. There's so much stuff that was done behind the scenes where Jacques Ninaba was involved and Rusty Rasmus was involved way before Munster days, way before, mm-hmm. way back when. And um, I mean, I even forgot that he was involved as a defensive coach with the box for three tests. Um He's incredible, but the one thing, and it always stood out about the Springboks and everything, and it has come through so much in 2023, is it's human beings, people, and family first. That's always, it's always about you as a person and as an individual. And then after that, we can talk and sort rugby. So I'm super proud of what they've done and how they've gone about it and everything that has happened, regardless of what happens on Saturday. It's been one of the most unbelievable journeys. And I don't think that we will see anything like this for many, 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 many years. If you look back at the last five years of how we've enjoyed and what the Springboks have done for us as fans and for everyone else. I must say, I think my lasting legacy of Jacques Ninova is going to be, like, I think for the first time watching the Springboks is just being able to hold the Springboks to the highest of standards. And with us win or lose, Jacques has put us in a position where we, we always demanded more from the Springboks because of how good we are as defending champions and and being in a so like you don't think about it but now being posted I mean we always felt like we're always chasing the All Blacks so we we we're chasing uh, we're chasing point the All Blacks but we always felt like we're on the eight ball and now we sort of for the last four years we thought of we, we could be the forefronters and, and teams chasing us and teams trying to catch up to us and us going to World Cup as favourites after winning it and I'll never forget that part of Jacques Nino's job and. Allowing us, I mean, I think we probably at the, one of the harshest, the harsh, because you always expected more from the Springboks because we knew how good they are, and it's it's so different when you look at other bar coaches who might who might have had similar records. We love them because we were de- so desperate to see the Springboks winning games that now we've got a coach and we finally provided a coach with a team that is the most relatable Springbok team we've ever had, a side that we expect so much from and and have delivered at the right time. We forget that he spent a whole year of no test after COVID. It's his first ever international job and he, he's done everything that they've said. I mean, we were saying like they put all the eggs in the World Cup basket and, and, he, and he got to another World Cup final. So, I mean, Jacques I think it's incredible what he's done. It's an, it's an incredible job and and I, and I think I, I, I just, I, I'm actually in awe of what the job he's done and just being able to hold the Springbok side for such a high standard for so long and be upset sometimes that you're only winning 65% of our games, which is 
unheard of ten years ago. But this is this is this is where this he's he's put us, and I think also he's put the Springboks in a better place than he took over. He took over because how often does ball coaches leave, and we can still make another run at this World Cup thing after this after after the World Cup final because we've still got a base of players being built. We have some some players, but there's still a base of players going. So I think Shaquille has been an incredible servant for for um for Saudi Arabia. I'm so glad that he never actually won something with the Stormers uh for every title that would have that would have killed me. But at wow. least um yeah I was told it's fair. Like I he didn't <laughs> like no that's double's time. I'm sorry, my double agenda. I'm ending the jog in the one and slowly but surely moving on to my double agenda for 2028. So, um, but yeah, I will definitely remember shocking about and yeah, flip man, what a, what a what a man and what a job. Yeah, look, yeah, I think let's wrap on this how you want the box to win it. I would like for it to be Quaka Smith kicking the ball out as he played scrum off in the last 10 minutes and kicks the ball out to 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 win the game. That would be probably the most poetic way to end the the Jacques and Rassi era. Jared, how would you like it to end? Yeah, well, I see uh, the Springboks have been doing a bit of kicking practice um, in, in training right at the end. So hopefully it doesn't come down to that. Um, oh, goodness. <laughs> imagine imagine yeah. that happens, a kickoff. Yeah. Or kickoff, yeah, whatever you call it. I, I, I hope it doesn't happen. Um, it, I, I think it will be fitting uh, for it to to come down to a turnover or um, a massive tackle where the ball spills loose and the box can kick it out. I don't care who does it. I don't know how it happens. Uh, but I, I would love for it to be the All Blacks vying for a late victory, Springboks holding on, and there's just one thunderous hit. Maybe on Shannon Frizzell, that would be quite, good as well like just somebody absolutely monsters the crap out of him and he drops the ball i think i think that would be awesome yeah just to quickly explain if the game that is tied at 80 minutes i mean that has never happened before in the south african new zealand rugby or cup final game goes to extra time so two 10 minute periods of extra time if it's still tied after that then there's 10 minutes of basically whoever scores first wins um, like golden point essentially. And then if it's still tied after that, it's a penalty kick out basically. So um, each team will pick five kickers, uh, five kickers in, in the out of the players that are still on the field at the end of the game. And they have to kick from uh, the 22 and the corner, or not the corner, but like the 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 meeting of the 10 meter line, the 15 meter line. So yeah. Let's hope that doesn't happen because people absolutely. I mean, if Discovery had a record for heart rates this week, last weekend, that would probably send some people into cardiac arrest. Okay, Sean, your perfect ending. Ah, oh, I want Delendi and Creel. <clears throat> uh, so, Jared, similar to yours, but I want someone to put in a massive tackle. I want the other to kind of pick up the loose ball and a little bit of interchange, maybe a little grubber. One of them can score someone else, but I, I, I want them to just basically say. We are the best. Books in the off. My perfect ending is for Springboks to be up 39-3. And I actually <laughs> missed I actually miss the red flow in front of us because I'm still busy celebrating. You know, I'm like embracing people. Yes. I'm talking about like, hey, what a World Cup. You're like, oh, oh crap, the, the game's over. You know, that's what that's what I want. I don't want a Andre Pollard like like waiting and I want the box. I want to be 39-3. I want us to be celebrating from like the 60th minute. That's what I want to be happy. I want to, I want to be a party. That's my proof ending. Guys, I can't do, I can't do another, like, two, like two point game, one point game. I, I can't do this anymore. I remember, 
Do you remember the 2019 I mean, World Cup? Like, yeah, that's what I knew. Do you remember when my pimpy scored and then we were like, oh, this is happening, this is happening. And then when Colby scored, I can't even remember what time he scored that try, but that was that's the feeling that you're after, man. That like, yes, we did it. And there's still time left in the game. Because like when Colby scored, the amount of beers I had from that time until it was... I, I just remember Colby scoring. My next memory is um, is the spring between the World Cup. I don't know what happened between that. <laughs> I do not know what happened. I don't know who... The only time I saw what happened on the players on the field was like when I rewatched the game. That's a, that's the same feeling that I, that I want. I don't want to be nipping and waiting for the fun for the ref to to blow on the All Blacks to like just be defeated. They've subbed off Bowden Barrett. They've subbed the Dunwall. They've subbed off Aaron Smith. It's just basically just we, we're just trapping this bad boy. That's that's what I want. Colby scored in the 74th minute. <laughs> so you had six minutes plus what another. So you had like 28 minutes between that try and lifting the trophy, I'm guessing. Beautiful. Yes, party, and we are out of beer, Cooks. It was potty time. Okay. Guys, let's end it there. And that is our preview for the Rugby World Cup final. Listen to it. Re-listen to it. You've got more or less a whole day and a bit to, to do that. And yeah, thank you so much for following us and for supporting us through the Rugby World Cup as well. We'll definitely have a podcast reviewing the game on, on the Monday or coming out early next week as well. And yeah, we're looking forward to an amazing game between two of the most two of the best sides in, in Rugby World Cups and men's Rugby World Cups at the very least. And we're going to have an epic final to, to, to look back to. So thank you so much. Please follow us on our social media channels. Please like and share the podcast um, on your preferred podcast platform so that yeah, we can get the, up those rankings as well. And yeah, we'll see what happens on, on Saturday. Bye-bye.